Oh, God. Yeah, just fire. It's a good idea. Yeah, so <laughs> people are getting vasectomies due to climate change, you were saying? Yeah, they're like, there's a, hu- there's a new thing of climate change depression. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I've heard of that. People are so upset about climate change that like they don't want to have kids, they're in a malaise. And it's like, you know who doesn't have climate change depression? Poor people. People that don't believe in climate change? No, poor people. Like people oh. who actually yeah, well, they're, that's true. Are they're sur- busy. People who are actually surviving. People who actually yeah. are trying to live and have real problems. Um, don't because that's that's the type of problem you have when you have to make something up when you don't have a real problem. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's the same thing with the. I think we're going to be talking about a little bit of this trans stuff today. It's a lot about that too. It's like the wealthy people that don't have anything else to worry about. They're the ones that get into all this stuff. Um, yeah, they're like, and if you look at communism and things that social movements like that, it's always the elite people, the sons and daughters of the rich people that get into it. The poor people are too busy trying to make a living and avoid starving. So, uh, yeah, like whole idea of climate I'm change so, wor- so interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I'm so worried about climate change people, that I'm getting of a second. Like, there's a lot of people that say stuff like that. Like, I don't want to bring. The world's so bad, I don't want to bring a kid yeah. into it. And it's like, well... I know, I know. Uh, how do you think right. make the world a better place? <laughs> well, I mean, don't worry about it, you know? Just worry about your own kids. Or take care of yourself. So I know that's like, don't worry about everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> you know that the old saying is like, there's two things in the newspaper that matter, and it's the weather and the movie listings? Because it's like... No, I didn't know that, but... The only two things in the newspaper that will affect what you do today is the weather, as in, should you... Do you need to bring an umbrella? Right? That's it's that. And number two is what time is the movie? Everything else in the newspaper doesn't affect your day other than to make you feel bad. So in other words, my definition of not affecting you is if you didn't know about it, it wouldn't make a whit of difference. Yeah. Right? So climate change is like a very theoretical concept. And I'm not gonna get into, you know, whether it's real or not or whatever. All I'm gonna say is whatever you think about it, it's decades hence. It's not happening now. That's a bunch of propaganda. It's decades and decades that we're talking about. And, you know, meanwhile, we live our lives. If we didn't know about it, we wouldn't worry about it, even if it was real. So Yeah, it's like, what if you were going to get hit by us tomorrow? But all that worrying was wasted. Yeah, exactly. There's, Precisely. So, yeah. Here's I mean, the thing that I learned when I was in high school, because I used to be a worrier. And it's that... 90% of the things you worry about never happen. So the more you worry about something, the less likely it is to come true. Because Which kind of makes it a waste of time. Um, yeah, and that, like, that revelation freed me. Because then I dated a girl who would worry about worrying, and I was like, listen, this is the thing. The more you worry about something, the less likely it is to come true. Because the things we really worry about, like if you think about the things you've ever been really worried about, like it never, it's always something else, right? Every time I'm worried about something... Um, it's something else that you don't expect. Like when you, you know, casinos, they talk about the top 10 times casinos have lost money. None of them were things they predicted or had insurance for. Like the biggest one I think was the tiger attack and they had insurance for the tiger attack in the audience, but not insurance for the tiger attack in the performers. So like, even with all of their efforts to predict, it's never what you worry about. It's so rarely, it's always a surprise. So it's like such a waste of energy to worry about those things. And that's what's really important is like it's so people are looking. I think a lot of people are talking about this today is a lot of people are looking for a way to be special without doing anything. They want to be special for who they are, not what they've done. 
that's the big shift. It's like, oh, I'm special because of of some circumstance of my birth rather than, oh, I have to work to be special, right? And that's the same thing here. It's like, oh, I need, I want to be on meds or I want to be depressed so that I can be special. So I need to find something that's really far away. Well, typically men would have a coming of age proof of their manhood, which today is something, it's always been a thing, you know? As a as a girl, you have this value, you know, you're going to be a wife, you're going to be whatever. There's like this automatic value for women. But men have to prove their value. Yeah, That's how culturally it is. And so if men don't have to prove their value anymore, uh, then they just don't have anything to do. And then these things are all ginned up, basically. Um, and uh, we have something here. You uh, pointed me to a video. Yeah. You said, uh, yeah, so he convinced women to date the wrong people and gain a ton of weight. They didn't have enough men in the group, so he made a bunch of women go trans. It's crazy how easy it is to convince people they are trans if they are lonely. Then he made men go women trans, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, because he, he got into, so these people joined this group, right? And it's, I'm assuming they signed a, a waiver, a damage waiver or something. Well, so it's a dating group, and because because he didn't basically because he didn't sleep with all the members, he's not guilty of the cult thing. It's definitely a cult, but you like, he skirted the rules somehow. Well, cults aren't illegal. Well, right. Freedom of association. All the things that cults do that cross the line, like to illegal, Mm -hmm. like stockpiling. Coercion, coercion, compulsion. Very. And what's interesting is that he would say to someone's like, um, this person, someone really creepy message me on Facebook goes, no, that's your one. That's the one you need to pursue this person. And she's like, we just got out of jail. He's really old and he's like really creepy. He goes, no, no, that's your destiny. You have to go meet him. And of course it ends in disaster. And he's like, well, um, you have to go on the, the food I sell. And so he'd sell him like slop, I guess you could call it like, you know, um, just like something in a bucket, just as another way to make money. Of course they all gain a ton of weight because they're just eating like gravy all the time or something. And it's like, you can get people, and that's the way cults work, right? You get people to do dumb stuff, and it's really interesting. He'd be like, oh, the re-, and he's like, oh, we have 80 women and 10 men. We don't have enough women, men in the group. He'd go, because no one outside the group wants to date these people, right? And he goes, oh. Right. And so that's just a way to fix the numbers. And it's like, he's like, oh, you know, the reason you haven't found your partner is because you have a masculine energy. They go, oh, I do? And like so quickly, like it used to be, that if you said you wanted to do the surgery, you had to go through a couple of years of um, therapy to, to make sure you really wanted it. Now that's all gone. It's so quick, right? Because it's... Um, well, these people were in this cult, so they're people that are very subject to influence from someone else. They, they don't want any agency of their own. And most people are like that to some degree or another. They don't want agency of their own. We deal with people who are sick, or have ED or whatever, you know, thousands of men in our different programs. And uh, I would say that what makes them unique is that they're not interested in just listening to the doctor and just doing what they're told. They're interested in getting other views. So they, have, they want to have some agency in their, in their health and in their sex life. And that's kind of unusual because most people just want someone else to do their thinking for them. Colts are an extreme example of that, Jonathan. But I think it's common with most people, actually. Yeah, it's really interesting how people whatever is popular because there was nobody when i was in high school who thought they were the other gender no. right and now it's like no. a huge percentage of people and it's like well that's it's a it's a it's a cold you know there was a there was this famous example in new zealand where all these kids one kid committed suicide oh, yeah. and then it was written up and then remember they all started committing suicide yeah. you know 
It's uh, it's like this, and and unfortunately, the the internet, the social media, just makes these amplifies these movements and makes them go really deeper, really wider, really quicker. I'm hoping that this trans thing flames out with lawsuits and people put in prison and everything for what they're doing to to children. Um, but it's not so easy, you know. I, we go to this church. Uh, my wife does exercise class in it, and there's all this trans stuff around for these camp that they have for kids. You know, it's just a regular camp, and these kids go and they're just indoctrinated with stuff. And I think it's going on in schools, going on everywhere. But uh, it's it's interesting how easy it is, like you said, to get people to change fundamental things about themselves when they're like looking for someone to tell them what to do, right? So I have a question that came in here I want to discuss. Um, this is kind of an interesting one. So um, <laughs> married 15 years. Uh, everything's cool. Everybody loves each other and has a great, you know, just everything just perfect. The guy's saying, except sex. That's the only thing. He says, first of all, I have diabetes, so I have trouble getting an erection. Okay. He says, okay. He says Viagra works, but it's my wife doesn't like it. Okay, second... Um, she's just very controlling and she doesn't care about me in the bedroom, basically. So little by little, sex has kind of gotten rarer and rarer. And so we're at the point where she brags to like, we're just roommates. Okay. We have a really good marriage. We have a great time, wonderful life, but for this thing. So maybe I'll go outside of this thing and maybe build a parallel life just to have like just sex outside an otherwise happy marriage. What do you think? He said, is this possible? Um, and and I and I thought about it, and I thought, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, what's so wrong with that? She's um, I'm at, like she's unicizing him, right? It's like you're removing. Yeah. she's just slowly removing his penis over time, and it's funny because I say that that's something I say to my wife jokingly sometimes to kind of like you know I like to create tension. Like I'll introduce her as my roommate. <laughs> of course, it makes me like super jealous, and then like we get wild, so like it creates a good result for me, but. What is interesting, I think the core thing is that people don't like to talk about the bedroom. So you'll be married to someone. You know that thing? Okay, here's an example. You're with, you have a one-night stand with someone, you're wearing a condom, and the condom slides off and it gets lost inside of her. It is so hard to get it out because I've had that happen one time. I always Oh, yeah, it is tough. Deal. It's like the whole situation. <laughs> oh, it is. Vacuum. You go on a fishing expedition well, and it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was at this girl. You most of the time, especially those in college, like it's really common that will happen. And then the girl will go to the emergency room rather than tell the guy to look for it because oh, awful. we'll sleep with someone, but we won't talk with someone or tell them, right? It happened. What happened with me and the girl, we were both looking all over the bed for it. it took us a really, we really could not find it in there. Isn't that like that's the obvious place, right? I mean, it slips yeah, off. Where's yeah, it going to slip off? It was, we, I kept looking. I was like, I don't see it in there. I don't know. I'm look, I'm feeling around. I can't find it. We vent, it, looked, it took like an hour to find it in there. So it was like, but a lot of people, like they don't, they will sleep with someone, but not talk to that person about the stuff they like or don't like. And what happens is you don't say anything the first time and then it slowly becomes the norm. It's like, well, if he didn't like her dominant energy, then he had to say it a long time ago and he kind of didn't. So it kind of becomes more and more of a thing. And now she's, and it, basically she's trying to friend zone her husband. It's like, well, I can get this guy to pay for everything and I don't even have to sleep with him. Like that's what a lot of marriages turn into, which is like what nobody wants. It's not what you signed up for, but the pro, the idea that the solution, right, is to get your wife, have a, it's basically, the, that's the, isn't that like the French solution? You have a wife and you have a mistress and. I it's get, a lot of, it's a common solution around the world. Maybe not in the United States. But. Yeah, it's. 
like in other countries, it's not a big deal. It's really like it's no. unknown. Like you know who the president in France. You know who the president. Yeah, yeah. You have your emotional and your 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 phys, uh, financial connection with your spouse, and you have this foundation. And so you go outside for the physical act as a man, and you know, no big deal as long as it's not something that gets you emotionally attached to someone else. I think you have to, you know, you have to talk about it though, because what you'll find is that. She'll be like, listen, I never want to sleep with you again. And then you go and sleep with someone else. And she'll go, how dare you? So I'll give you an example. Of well, this. I'll give you a specific example that I think you're going to like. There used to be this amazing dating TV show where they would put two people on a blind date, but they would put them on a cruise ship for three days. Three days. Hmm. They would always either sleep together or hate each other. Well, that is icky. Because that's a really icky. long yeah. time, right? It's like it's a long time. Star Trek's yeah. no exit. You're trapped in. You're trapped. It's hard to spend an hour with someone you don't know. The energy yeah. it takes to Normally, is hard. A bad date, like a bad date TV show, you're stuck with a person for two hours. Three days is yeah. seventy-two hours. It's thirty-six times right. longer. So this well, that's says cruel. Guy, she goes, "Listen, this is not working out. I don't want to see you again. I'm not attracted right. to you. There's no connection. Okay." And he goes, "Okay." So he goes on that day on an excursion. He's dancing in one of those, um, you know, bars that are next to where boats dock. She comes in, punches him, lays him out. He crashes to the ground, and she goes, "How dare you? You didn't even meet me for dinner tonight." <laughs> and I was like, "You, that's straight up broke up with him. Like you did a hard. Like it wasn't. She wasn't. Yeah. She was like, there's no connection. I don't like you." I was, I would have never guessed when she punched him. I was like, what is, and so people. Was she asking him to fight back, fight for her affection and to say. She hated him. She still expected him to take her out to dinner, which is confusing. Like once you break up with someone, my experience is you're broken up. So I was really. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be, you're you're really, you don't want to be with someone you've broken up with. It's a bad idea. Even though his wife is like, oh, we're roommates. We don't, she wants to be roommates. She doesn't want him to be with anyone. So, well, he probably is thinking about doing it on the sly. It's a bad um, idea. And you're suggesting you just speak fair front. Honey, you know, we don't have the greatest sex life. You don't seem interested. I don't really think we have that connection. Yeah. But I do want to continue having a sex life, so I'm going to go find someone to have sex with. You're welcome to do the same. And we'll still be married and happy and kiss on the lips every day and, and yeah. enjoy our lives together. Yeah. I think that. And then you go, listen. If I don't, you don't think she'd like that too much. Well, you know what? <laughs> it might it might catalyze the the relationship to get back on a better the, footing. The number one thing to like at, reactivate a relationship is jealousy. So planning that that's right is you have to. What a, the mistake a lot of men make is that once they're in a relationship, they cut off every other woman in their life, and it's fine. But you also cut off the attractiveness. If your wife thinks no one else wants you then your attractiveness goes down. You have to maintain, I'm still attractive. Other women are interested in me. So I'll, some, I'll, give, you, I'll give you another example. Um, I was getting blood drawn two months ago, and the, the girl who draws blood, I, she was cute maybe. I don't, really, I don't know. I just know she was skinny. I don't remember what she looked like. But afterwards, I, get, I turn my up and go, did you feel electricity when she was drawing my blood? And like that one like just sets my wife off. Like She gets so jealous. Like, wow. like I have a, like I like when someone's taking my blood. Obviously, I hate it, right? But right. today, my wife had to go get blood drawn, and I go, "Hey, maybe I should go with you, just in case." Like, creates this whole thing, but it creates. You don't actually have the girl was not probably not flirting with me at all, right? But you you don't have to have someone flirt with you. But you have to have the potential, right? You have to maintain the possibility of danger because we want to. 
my wife wants to be with someone that other women desire, right? She, she definitely wants to. Exactly. There's a lot to be said for that. It's you not, have to have this tension, yeah. this sexual tension in a relationship. Um, you're never done with that. Exactly. So what this guy needs to do is let her know that, uh, and it's because then what will happen is she'll go, oh, no one's going to be interested. Oh, no, someone's already interested. I just want to talk to you before we meet. That's the game changer. You have to. Yeah, that's right. Right. And then it will be like, well, if you really never want to sleep with me, and that's fine. But I'm going to ask. I mean, we have a good time anyway. Let's stay together. We'll have our kids. We'll have a great life. We'll keep kissing on the lips when I leave at the work because he said that in the. And then everything will be cool and we'll have our life. It's fine. Yeah, and that would probably drive her nuts, or, and she'll or, try to win him back, and and it might be or she's, or she's okay with it. The <laughs> biggest issue is in most of these relationships, almost all the ones we talk about. There's so little people don't talk about anything, right? I like when you do this. Yeah. I don't like when you do that, and that's it's amazing how often the solution is like just tell the other person the truth. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what I think about this, and okay. it, it's going to be a little different. Okay, different thing. I agree with you largely. But I have a guy, he says, I've gone through a few of your courses. I've had some great success, solid, getting great erections, solid morning wood every day. Because um, a lot of people come into our world, you know, because they have that problem and we help them get it all fixed. However, it has become clear that I need more improvement in my ability to be emotionally available for my wife. I know this. I know that I should become more emotionally available to my wife because she told me, what good is a pulsing boner if I can't share it? <laughs> what is your recommendations for improving <laughs> emotional intimacy? Sorry. So I, I had a couple of thoughts about this. Wait, wait, <laughs> I was I, speaking to... I must have misheard you because you said emotional intimacy and then you said raging boner. Like I... Is that is that what yeah. emotional intimacy means? Well, I think he means... <laughs> exactly. I think what he means is that... Okay, so when people are not having any physical intimacy... Right. They're not having that. They generally back off on everything. Okay. They're sort of living at parallel lives at home. You know, it's kind of sad, right? But that's what happens. Now he gets his uh, his mojo back, and he goes, "Honey, let's do it now. I can do it now. You know, let's do it." Okay. And now all of a sudden, all these things that have been kind of shoved to the side and haven't, you know, everyone's been living their parallel lives. Now, oh my gosh, I have a husband that wants something from me uh, sexually, emotionally. You know, it, it now puts it on a new footing and there's a negotiation that has to take place for this, in a sense. I, I think that there's like a new relationship that has to be negotiated. So uh, he may or may not be emotionally unavailable. Who really knows? What does that even mean? But I don't think talking is a solution to this. So you said people should talk more about it. I agree with you. They should talk more. But I don't think that people should be um, talking about a lot of things like this, like this emotional intimacy, it's not a matter of conversation because I think it's just a matter of, you know, building up the oxytocin, oxytocin building behavior for two or three weeks and everything will be just fine. There may be some conversation, but in my experience, this sort of thing, conversation is just counterproductive, which is really why so much counseling is so awful for people. Yeah. It's just talking about something. It's just, who who needs it? Yeah. I kind of mean is like, oh, like an example of why I say people don't talk, it's like they won't say things like, oh, I don't like when you put your finger in my butt. Like if you just told the other person okay. that, right? It's like instead of letting it fester for a year, maybe I shouldn't say, like, you know what I mean? It's that. Yeah, I know. People, I know, or forever. The reason most marital therapy doesn't work is that 
you have they go in and say, all right, well, what are the things that she did this week you didn't like? And you have to bring up things and you go, you ever heard that thing where people go, oh, I forgot I was mad about that. I'm so glad the therapist brought that up, right? Like that's the problem with a lot of therapy is that you reopen or it's things you weren't upset about, but then you become upset about now. It's like, I didn't realize that eight years ago you did something that I have to get mad at you about now. Well, most, most things aren't resolvable in a relationship. They're not, with, with talking, there's no point because it's not going to be resolved. No one's going to change their, like you said, oh, I don't like my finger in my butt. That, that's fine. You know, that's an easy one. But most of them are much, much more difficult. How come you don't like to have sex that much? How come you this? How come that? And none of it's, none of it's solvable. None of it. So talking is just a, emphasizes all these differences when really it should just be my point is the physical thing between a man and a woman okay. can basically start taking over and then the talking doesn't matter anymore. It's, it's not necessary mm-hmm. and it, it can build a great relationship again. So that's what I told him and he said he's going to do it. Three weeks every day, try to get her to cuddle for 15 or 20 minutes. That's yeah. what I told him. And basically not to have a mistake a lot of men make of, oh, we're cuddling, so let's, you know, let's, uh, let's have sex. No, you have a, a sort of a rule like this is sex day or this is cuddling day and you don't turn it always into sex. And then I think they'll be fine. I don't think they need to talk about anything and she'll be happy with him. Yeah. I think that the problem is our imagination of marriage is not what marriage is really like. We just think it's like, oh, once I get married, we'll never fight again. I'll never be lonely again. Nothing will ever be hard again. I'll always have someone here. All my problems will be solved. It's the same thing, and it doesn't work. Just like having a baby doesn't solve problems. Or we're having trouble in the marriage. Let's have a baby. It doesn't yeah. solve it. So, and that's just because we. No one ever tells the truth. Like when you ask for advice about marriage, everyone like pretends their marriage is perfect. They never fight, and that there's never any stress. And you're comparing your backstage to someone's front stage. So, yeah, exactly. And then you're like so surprised. Like, oh, I'm the only one who fights. Right? We're the only couple that fights about money. Right? And it's like. Well, that's not true. Um, and because you go in expecting there to be no friction, then when there is friction, you overreact and quit too soon. Right. And it's like, that's why my definition of marriage is like. So I, I find that a lot of these disagreements and everything resolve themselves with a good physical relationship. Um, yeah. You know, that's all. Because, uh, uh, again, yeah, there's some things you can talk about and everything, but most of it's just. Well, let's talk about the physical. I've got a good one for you today, right? My boyfriend is making himself really obese to satisfy his fetish. We first started dating. I'm a 120-pound ballerina. He's a 220-pound bodybuilder. We first got together. He was the first hot guy I've ever dated, right? Like, super hot, great. He's like, oh, I don't look at porn. I watch videos of girls squeezing their bellies. Now, he says to her, he's like, listen, I'm going to – I want to put an extra 100 pounds on you. I want you to eat so much. You th- I want to feed you so much. You throw up. He wants her to go from 120 to 220. Yeah. And he okay. wants to feed her. Then they sleep together. Then he feeds her until she throws up. Like he said that to her, which is like, then she's like, no way. Fortunately, she didn't agree to it. Right. She's like, that's, I'm never going to. Well, get yeah. So he goes, okay, you know what? Then I'm going to gain a hundred pounds and I'll squeeze my belly and send you videos of me squeezing my belly to you. And. Um, he's already put on 60 pounds since he started. Oh my gosh. He went from 220. He's at 280. He's honest. He's trying to get to 320. Oh, she he should, she should get rid as far away as she can of this guy. This guy's really, really messed up. How, it's okay so, if he wants to mess himself up, but he's trying to mess her up too. Well, 
shouldn't. How many red flags? It's like that thing. How many red flags does it take? Right? It's like as soon as someone yeah. says, I want to feed you until you throw up, I would think you jump then. Right? You should write that down. Okay. If a guy says that, that's the, you should dump him. If he says that, yeah. That's probably one of a few things. If a guy says anything, I want to do anything until you throw up, probably you should jump ship. Any, like red roller coasters, right? Well, I right. think a relationship has to be a. I think that, uh, uh, I guess he was named a schnarch. Never could get that name right. But he said it's a crucible. It's like a, a place for you to uh, to improve and to come out better and, and for further self-realization and self-actualizing who you are in your life. That's what a relationship should be for you. It should be making you a better person. Oh, my gosh. And if you're with somebody and she wants to make you a worse person, you've made a mistake in being with that person. So if someone wants to feed you until you throw up and have heart problems, they're probably not a good fit. I actually, here's my thing. I appreciate that the guy told her up front, like right away, you like, instead of being sinister about it and like slowly messing with her diet or something like putting sugar in all of her drinks without telling her, at least he told Mm -hmm. her the fact that this just shows that like, if someone's good looking, they'll people, the better looking you are, the more red flags you can have that people ignore for longer. Right. Well, somebody who's um, a bodybuilder at 220, like they've engaged in a whole set of behaviors that are not mainstream behaviors that you could look at as sort of abusive, self-abusive behaviors, uh, uh, usually cycling with uh, steroids and all that. So it may not be somebody that's not really the pinnacle of, of a healthy life, and they're certainly not balanced. Well, he's turned it up so, to heaven with this new move. Yeah, everything is unbalanced. Yeah. If somebody's obsessed with their, their body and their bodybuilder, I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily, but it's a um it's an unbalanced thing. So you have to look for a lack of balance in other areas of their life too. They're probably not gonna be balanced in any area of their life. So it may not be good relationship material. I mean it's really a weird part, weird one. Like, she's like, he's disgusting, he makes me sick to my stomach, but she's not like should I break up? <laughs> she's not even considering breaking up with the guy. Like, what does this guy have to do? And la- I, she, mean, I, I don't know. Thing, right? Then it's like not good. Right. Uh, I've got another one. This one's interesting. Okay. I think. So, um, my wife, we're both 40. She's got a 20 year old daughter. Her husband, her first husband, she married like at 20. They had a, the kid, right? He died 10 years ago, car accident, tragedy. But she was like childhood sweethearts. His parents were best friends with her parents, so their families were super interlocked, right? And he's still the ghost at the feast. And she, he feels like the third wheel all the time, right? Like everyone's still living with the missing dad, right? And it's, I get it, right? And it's like, but it's not, it's not just her, it's her parents. And then she's like, listen, I'm going to wear the same wedding dress that I wore. He's like, what? And he's like, can you wear a new wedding dress for our wedding? Not the one you wore to your last wedding. And it's becoming like a big contentious thing. And she's like, oh, no, my grandmother sewed this special. Or his grandmother, I can't remember which one, right? One of our grandmothers sewed this before the last wedding, and it still fits me. So why wouldn't I just reuse it? And it's like, you know she's not doing it to save money, right? It's like, right, right. it's a reenactment. And it's like, well... What should this guy do? Because he's pushed back and she's like, no. And he's being understanding, which is like, I get that I'm not that guy. But 10 years is long, by the way, 10 years is a long time, right? It's not like it was six weeks ago. The body's not still warm. So so let me ask you a question. Um, I know a man, he proposed to a young lady 
and he gave her a ring. Okay. And the ring belonged to his dead grandmother or his great grandmother. Okay. Right? And so it's a beautiful ring. It's a big diamond and it's, you know, workmanship and all that. What do you think about that? Should she be offended? Should she be happy? Is there is there a okay. similarity here between your, the wedding dress question. story and the ring? This is a great question. It's more better if you go actually I watch what happens if you give a woman a ring that you propose to another woman with. Okay. Well, he didn't propose another woman. It was, it was passed on. It was an heirloom. The woman would hate that. If he goes, oh, actually, I proposed another she woman. She would. It didn't work out. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, she gave it back to me. And now it's yours. That's yeah. the same thing. And they would, women, no, like, that's a big deal. Because I've seen that happen. But this is different. He could say, oh, I was very close to my grandmother. Yeah. This, she gave me this. So whenever I was going to get married, I would give I this to the girl great. that I wanted to. So I, let, I think it's um, my wife. That's what we did. I gave her my, one of my mom's rings. It was a family ring. And then my sister right. her husband gave her a ring that had been in the family for a long time so it can sure. work it depends. what's the difference between that and the wedding dress i don't understand the difference okay because it's not from the family the wedding dress is the wedding dress she wore when she married her other husband who's dead who's like the ghost at the family. okay that's the problem it's not that it's not okay. that it's an heirloom it's that it's the wedding she wore last time to another guy and she's constantly that guy she wants to, so the, this person she wants to sever that you know past relationship, not really think about the ex and the fact that that marriage was, you know, the dress was used in that marriage. She wants to start all over. Let's just get a new dress. Nothing connected with that old, you know, well, original wedding. And he move lets on. her do I understand a lot that. of things that bring up the, you know, the, the old husband. Like, he's like, I'm not trying to push the other husband out, but I want to have something. I want to have some line. Yeah, I think it's that makes like, sense. I feel like all the time I'm the third wheel in my own marriage. So you know how people, yeah, exactly. So you know how people talk about a specific issue like this, but actually it's a pattern that they're just, this is one instance of a pattern, right? And the pattern is really that she doesn't know how committed this person really is because maybe they haven't gotten over this past relationship, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's it's a this is the challenge of dating a widow, right? It's like, what's the right line between respecting your past relationship, but also respecting your new relationship. And obviously this woman is not, doesn't have the right balance. 10 years later, she's still constantly living in the past. I mean, I think that this guy should jump ship. I agree. I think that yeah. it's part of a much greater problem. Yeah, it's not going to get systemic problem. Get better. It, and because it's reinforced because her parents are still reinforcing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I, the whole system I is bad this. for her. Listen, I think about what happened. You know, if I die, I don't want my kids to grow up without a dad. I want a good guy to step in. Like, let's be real here, right? I I think that if those are the we'll two choices, so. right? My wife, obviously, I would. There's no kids. I want my wife to be alone forever. But if there's kids, right? I want her to suffer <laughs> forever. Ideally, she throws herself on the pyre, right? Like my they burn my body. She jumps into it. That's what I would really want. But with kids, you don't want that. So I wouldn't want her to be single forever we talk about all the time it's like oh no if you love somebody you don't want them unhappy yeah if you go then you want them happy with the next person i've always, of course you do also kidding aside I've, yeah we've talked about how long she's like how long after the funeral would you wait to meet someone else i was like well what if there's someone cute at the funeral like why would i mm-hmm. you're gone like i feel like if i'm gone i'm gone yeah. right like maybe I'm, one of the cute nurses at the in the hospice you know i mean no, you, can, you know you could take it earlier yeah, than that all the way dead 
Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the rule. Oh, you decided on that rule. You can't be okay. mostly uh, dead or like a lot dead. Like, that's different, right? You have like wait until I'm all the way dead. Then you can do whatever you want. Don't. You but know, you can make a list of prospects when before you're dead, right? And then you don't act on the list till after. If she's you dead. want me to help you choose, okay. that's also fine. But that's what I mean. Right. That, like okay. definitely. So, but this whole thing of like he's in a situation where he obviously seen a lot of red flags and ignored them because it's been happening. So I agree on that one. I have another one, okay? Okay. To another one that's on a similar path. Okay, so this guy dating, he married a woman. She um her husband instead of car accident self self-harmed himself, right? He unalived himself. She has okay. a kid who's just turning 12, so she and the kid kept the f- first husband's name even though she married this guy. They've just had okay. a new baby together and she goes, "I want to give the new baby my dead husband's last name and he's like what the oh wow so oh, okay. she's like instead of the new husband's kid, name i don't want my right. other child to feel left out so it's the same thing again of where the first husband you, you can never compete with uh the ghost right like you can never compete with someone who's dead you just can't because it's a memory instead of a real person you forget that mm-hmm. parts yeah. the good parts what would you do in the, what's the right thing to do in this situation? You just had a baby and she doesn't want to give the baby your name. She wants to give the baby a name of some guy you've never met. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I would insist because it's just after all, it's just a last name. I wouldn't want to break up the marriage over it. Really? But it's a little bit weird if she's so insistent on it. It's that a, is another red flag that there's a lot of problems going on here that are way more than just a name. you is kind of a big shot across the bow. Yeah, Unless, however, is. I would be like, okay, if I get final edit on the first and middle name, if I get the first two, you can choose whatever last mm-hmm. name you want. If I get total control over the first two, that's different, right? So it can be, now you're talking about a negotiation. Now it's interesting. But if she's picking all three, I just think it's the same thing. I, I think when she's in a new, a, new, a new relationship, new kid, new name, that's it. If she, you know, so... Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, that's ridiculous. Just weird. Weird. People can be really weird. Yeah. It's like he should have said something earlier when they got married and she goes, I'm going to keep yeah. someone else's name. And because he offered to adopt the other kid and put his name on the other kid too. And she's like, I don't want that. I'd rather just keep the, that's why you know it's not about that. Cause she, cause that's usually people give you the false reason first. They go, Oh, I don't want my elder child to feel left out by the new baby's last name. He's like, well, what if you all have my last name? We all have the same. And she goes, no, I don't want to do that. No, so we'll just know. change it to all the new name. Yeah. I yeah. And it's, he should have said something at the wedding, right? You have to negotiate these things. Like, that's the thing. People never talk about what religion are we going to raise the kids? What type of schooling are we Oh, they, they, they should. That's one reason why, if religion is important to you at all, you probably should uh, sit down with a pastor or a priest or rabbi or whatever they have in the um, different religions. You know, just to have that conversation before you get married. It's a good idea. If religion is not important, then you don't you don't bother. But if it's important, it could be a big deal breaker or a real problem. So you should negotiate that and figure that out in advance. I've got one for you here. Um, married since they were 17. Wow. Hmm. That's uh, rare to stay together. 22 years. 22 years later. Okay. So that's pretty good, right? After 22 years being together, it's inevitable for some lows, but for the main has been good with some kinky stuff explored over the last couple of months. I've discovered my wife has been watching porn, which of course I have no issues with none. The vast majority of us do watch porn. 
In fact, we regularly watch it together. And as I say, the fact that she watches it, it's not an issue, but it's when and how often. So, for example, we were going to be together. Uh, you know, we had a, some time off in the afternoon. Then I discovered that she viewed porn that afternoon. Uh, and then another time I was working late. It turned out she was watching porn. Another occasion, it was on a weekend. We had uh, relations in the morning. The day you know, went on with the family stuff. And then later I discovered my wife had watched porn while I was downstairs watching the television in the evening. What happens? We were together. We had a, a, a physical relations. Why wouldn't she have called me up and said, hey, you know, let's do it again. I would have come running. Uh, okay. My wife tends to watch FFM porn before it is out. I don't know what that is. Wait, but, say uh, that again? I'm sure you'll t- FFM. Oh, two girls. Female, female. Two man. girls two and a guy. and a boy. Okay. Okay, good. The whole situation has made me question our sex life, whether she still finds me attractive after oh all these gosh. years. Any advice for a lost husband? Yeah, stop being a baby. Are you kidding me? What a dumb thing to complain about. Like, it's, this is usually something women complain about the husband about, right? Like, the that's why I thought it was cool. Well, it's you so know, funny. the statistics like, oh are gosh, that more and more women, it's, more and more women are watching porn. It used to be a male thing, but a lot of women watch porn. So, actually, let me ask you a question. Okay. So, when a woman watches it, because a guy watches until, and you never finish the movie, right? You watch until a certain moment and then you don't finish the movie. Like, you're done, right? There's an end point. So, a woman, watch the whole movie because the way he's describing it is weird right it sounds like she's like watches a whole movie without him as opposed to she plays herself and then she's done right so that's what I'm i think a lot of men will watch for hours too because they they avoid the finish and they edge for hours at a time so i don't think that's i think that's not that's a normal but the way he's common describing habit. it is almost he's not really describing it like masturbating he's describing it like uh-huh. Well, I think that's what he means. Okay, that's what, that's what he means. I'm I mean, and, and, and she spent all this time, and she's kind of obsessed with it. So, you know, in today's um, world, they would call that an addiction, don't you think? That's how people so, talk about things like this. I'm she not has a sh- problem. There's two things I'm thinking about. I'm not, I don't have enough data to be sure, because I can't tell how often she's really... If she's watching well, he it claims it's all the time. Or... Let's assume that it's all the time. Fine. Let's assume that she's just all, right. all the time this watching This is something porn. that I want to talk about in a different light, which is late-life addiction. Sometimes people get addicted to stuff, and this is very different to my experience, like later in life, right? Like suddenly, you know someone in suddenly their 50s or after the kids go empty nest, they start getting into hard drugs or drinking all the time. Like they have... Because the, the, the governor was the kids. They had to be, meet a certain behavioral standard. The so kids are gone. Now they can go nuts. That's what I'm saying here is that we have to look okay. at... They've been together 22 years, right? So they're just hitting 40. They're similar age, but they... Their kids probably, if they had kids, their kids might be just out of the house or close to it, right? Okay, they actually said they had two kids. They've been together, so you could assume the kids are late teen, you know, teenagers, late, least, late teenagers. Yeah. So, yeah, this is something I've been thinking about myself lately. Is that normally you want to, normally you need a vice to be your release valve, like whether it's, but you have to manage moderation. Like, okay, I do a little of this or I do a little of that. Like, I gamble or I smoke or I drink or something, right? Everybody has something they go a little crazy for. Yeah. So um, this, especially if you're successful in your life and, you're, and you make good money and you have a good life, you might have something that you're yeah, into. Like, I don't have a vice right now because I don't drink anymore. Like, I'm, it's done because of my incident. So I'm now, I'll never drink again, right? The desire completely disappeared. A thing, right? 
So it's like, I don't know. Well, that I, rules out an alcoholic um, thing. See, that's too bad. But you could still do heroin or something. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if that's yeah, off I mean, the list. I mean, I that stuff when I was younger, okay? And it's like... Okay. I already got that done. Okay. Yeah. So know, I don't. I look at it very differently. But what are you thinking about later life addiction? What are you trying to say about that? You're saying that that's what she's into now? That there's like, she's transitioning to this? This is like, it would be oh. the same thing as like, oh, she's at 40, she started drinking. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's an interesting phenomenon. Okay. That I don't have okay. that I'm asking you about, but as far as this specific case, he's missing the boat, which is his wife likes to watch two girls and a boy. He he should be that boy. There you go. He needs to okay. slide into that situation. I, I don't think I don't think porn is is a healthy thing. I don't think everybody does it. I don't think it's a good idea. I found people are way way worse off when they're watching porn and. Uh, just for men, it's, a lot of men have sexual problems with porn after they watch a lot of porn. I don't think there's it's escalation. The I think it's a symptom. Yeah. I think it's something else trigger her. Well, I'm just saying I regard it as a bad it's a bad thing, but basically. It's right. like and I don't think um I think if somebody if you're married to someone, okay, and they are doing something that you don't like, but it doesn't affect you, right? You could argue it's not really your business. Couldn't you argue that it's the husband's in his her business when he shouldn't be? Like, what's it his business if he's watching porn? Let me just ask you that. Wait. So, is it my wife's business if I'm looking at porn? That's the th- well. That's the question. Same question. Yeah. So, there's this. It depends again on your negotiation when you get married, where your vows. That's mine. Like. I you could say, honey, it doesn't affect you. I'm just doing it. I want to do it. It doesn't have no. to matter to you. It's not even your business. Just that's, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a silly thing to say because the whole point of getting married is that, like, no, I ha- I'm, I've negotiated exclusive rights, okay? So if you want to have non-exclusive rights, that's a different thing. But it's like, no, I'm the only one that you sleep with, and that includes in your mind. So I think that what's happening— I agree with that, by the way. I, I, I'm just trying to— I know. No, this devil's advocate. I, I try here. to think through it. So I think that it's just it's usually the woman who feels this way. But like he's like he thought it was you know more and more as the man. Cool. That's and why I wanted like, this question. Cool. It's, Women are big porn watchers. Now. It's not a good idea. So I think that they have some watching stuff. porn as a couple is not a good idea either. Basically, either by the way. Yeah, I mean, um, unless yeah, it's unless there's a specific thing you want to learn a technique or you want to try something or share something with your what about your, you make your partner yourselves and then you watch yourselves. My nightmare. Yeah, well, Just a big mirror on the wall. But yeah, I think that there's something else that's broken. I think there's something else that triggered this. Is what I mean. And you have to figure out why suddenly she's like sneaking off and all of this stuff. But also, I here's the thing. I understand the mechanics. It's like sex is messy, right? After you do sex, you have to take a shower and all this stuff. And it's like, well, I can just finger myself, and then I don't have to do that stuff. So there's an element of it's a little bit different. But I think that, I mean, I don't know. Why doesn't he just ask? Like, I know you hate to say talk, but like, why not just ask her? Why is he asking us? Like, just say to her, hey. Well, she, she, I think that when he's discussing with her, she's upset. It's, it's her business. No. Um, you know, it's not a big deal, you know, because stay out I mean, of it. I would it, just you know? say to her, I can yeah, do what I want. Uh, no, it's like, why aren't you inviting me to watch with you? And then she said, if she pushes back, then you definitely have an issue, right? That tells you there's something else going on. Which is what I think. So, so here's the thing that got me. He says, he said, this whole situation has made me question our sex life and whether she still finds me attractive after all these years. 
That's the key point right there. He is feeling like maybe that she's not that attracted to him and she's really interested in other people and other things and maybe this marriage has an end point, especially a marriage that starts so early. Um, I mean, I think this guy, you know, this, I think this guy's overreacting. Well, oh, it's an insecurity she, she about watches, his... his. Uh, she watches porn without me. That means she's not attracted to me anymore. This guy's just like looking for something to be upset about at that point. Because he he's made it about him. But, exactly. But, I, but porn does damage and it does affect the brain and ultimately your brain changes yeah, but with porn and uh, it's not a good idea. I made it like, the thing I don't like about it is that I've created right. a scenario in my mind. It's like... It's me or porn. And it's like, choose between who you want, watching, honey. You can have your porn or you can have me. Not both. What are you, five That's years what old? He's watch, she's watching stuff with girls in it. Like, there's something else going on. It's not like she's just watching hot guys. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a tricky one. But I think that you have to. I don't know. There's no perfect answer, right? Like, the first step is to talk about, like, hey. <laughs> I, I wanted to open up to you emotionally. When you when you watch hardcore pornography without me, I want to watch it with you. <laughs> you could say that. I don't think you could say, when you watch pornography, it makes me feel weird about my body because I wonder if you're more attracted to them than you're attracted to me. That's when That'll really turn her off, right? If you open up that much emotionally, like that's a killer. And you share that feeling? So like, oh, gross. I, yeah. think I, I, I think when these things happen, I think the person that's watching the porn has to be interested in changing their behavior or doing something about it. Yeah, it's an addiction. It's, it's hopeless for the guy to... Listen, you cannot what? make someone want to quit any addiction. It no, has to come from and It never works. Exactly. I've got from them, exactly. I've got okay. one that I think is interesting. My husband will only eat kitty food and it's ruining our relationship. My husband likes... Here's the three food groups he eats. Okay. Chicken nuggets... Grilled cheese sandwich and spaghettios. When we go over to other people's house, he'll bring a can of spaghettios with him, heat that up, and just eat that. Um, we've been together a long time. At first, I thought it was cute. What? It's not cute. It's so I I because I actually have a friend like this, and he's got a lot of other. What issues. is your friend eat? What What are the foods that your friend eats? Nuggets, only nuggets and pizza. And he eats. What's weird is he's not fat, but I'm sure he's got. Okay. Major blood problems, but it's like, but he, I was so shocked. I can't eat like that. Like if I eat a pizza every day, I'll just gain weight every day. Right. Like I can't have an equilibrium like that. But like, that's the thing is like, she's, hmm. if we go to a restaurant, he'll order nuggets off the kid's menu. If they don't have nuggets, he just won't eat. He'll just sit there silently. <laughs> and, well, I think ultimately he's going to end up having a lot of terrible health problems. Uh, you may not be want to have a long-term partner who's basically undermining his health. Yeah. Because that's I mean, going to become your problem, too. Why Why do you think he does this? I think he's in a rut that he got into, and, and, and he just never got out, I would imagine. He's probably been doing this since he was a kid, and he just never changed. Most people will open up their... Um, yeah, you know, they'll open up to a lot of foods, but some, some people apparently don't. Maybe he's always eating this way. I mean, spaghettios is it's so gross. Well, it's horrible. It's like, I mean, uh, chicken nuggets are horrible. They're so unhealthy. They're so oh, terrible. But spaghettios to me is so much further down the path. <laughs> like, at, least, at least chicken nuggets I actually are think part, of, part of an animal. Like nuggets are worse because they're fried in uh, vegetable oil. I think they're they're terrible. So you have to... Make sure that if you're going to be with somebody, 
that you pick somebody who's taking care of themselves. Yeah. If they're not taking care of themselves, then you have a big problem because you're not going to change that quality about someone. And if they don't take care of themselves, they're not going to take care of you either. I dated this girl in college who had like a major back problem. Okay. She had to sleep with a special pillow. And part of it was like, if I'm with this person, I'm signing up for a lifetime of this. And my mom, because my mom has had a bunch of back problems, I like don't, my dad had to deal with it. It just, you have to decide if you're going to put up with that, whatever their thing is, because now it's both of your problems. And people actually self-sabotage. You're just like, I mean, she needs to jump ship. Like, let's just cut to the chase. Like either he's not going to change because he's pushing back hard. This is another form of addiction, right? And obviously it's got something. And I know people are like, oh, there's a childhood trauma. He wants. It's like the same thing when women talk. I, to me, this kind of reminds me of women that talk baby voice. Like yeah. their, fro- their voice got frozen at some certain age. He got frozen at it's true. four years old or something. And mm-hmm. it's yeah. so the fact that he'll like rather not eat. I'll eat nothing. That's, you know, that's a hard push. That's like, I, I'll drink whiskey or I'll drink nothing. Like, that's how hard it is. So, so here's, a different, here's a different situation okay. that's just the same in a way. Let's say that we go back to this bodybuilder. Let's say she's with a guy who's a bodybuilder. Okay. And he, when they go to a restaurant, he always brings his protein bars. I'm just making this up, okay? I like it. You just... You know, and then like he'll only eat like a few foods, you know, his whey protein and it'll never eat steak because, you know, it's got the wrong aminos. And she wants to like go to a nice meal, let's say for their anniversary. And if they they can't go to a nice restaurant because he's going to bring out his his protein powder, he just will refuse to order off the menu. Right. Um, That's the same situation, except that he's doing it for a different reason. I'm a lot more okay with that. So to me, if you're on a strict diet that's healthy and he's like, training for competitions or something. Right. Like it's, I get that. Like, give me an example. I don't eat after 4 p.m. Okay. So we don't go out to rest. Well, you know what? It's always 4 p.m. somewhere in the world. So you're, you know, that's not very constricting. I have a very strict diet with a lot of things. Oh, local time, you mean? Yeah. So I have all these restrictions on what I eat, all these things to do because I just have to do a lot now because of my health. So, um, I sometimes will go out with my wife to a restaurant though, and I'll eat there. I, and then I just have to make up for it the next day. Like it will, my weight will spike, but to do it. So you have to find a balance, right? But if it got, if you're doing weightlifting, and you're doing a competition. That's it. If you're bodybuilding for a competition. It's well, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, it's temporary. It's an end point to it. And there's yeah, a reason for it. That's the point. The big thing that you're on a very specific pattern. Yeah. Like and it's somebody like general, is on a very strict diet. That's fine. You know, th- and they're taking care of themselves. That's a positive. But this guy is undermining himself. That's it's, a negative. It's a yeah, totally different thing. Is, it's also like, I mean, if he'll take her out to a restaurant and watch her eat and all this stuff, but he doesn't eat there, that's kind of okay. But this whole thing of like, they don't have nuggets. If they don't have nuggets, I'm not eating here. Like, come on. <laughs> like, that's like a bit. I, I, I Sometimes I go to a place and I order quesadillas because I like to have the you know, it sort of fits in with my uh, my diet more. And uh, they don't have quesadillas. They'll have it on the kids' menu. So I'll order two kids' quesadillas. And then they always have fries with it. So I just say, okay, uh, don't give me the fries. I don't eat fries. Yeah. So, right. um, but I'm doing it for a reason. And, you know, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> well, here's another one. Um, this is, uh, she says, my boyfriend and I have been together for three years. We started off with uh, friends with benefits because I 
the girl, didn't want anything serious, but we fell for each other. So now we're a couple. Okay. So a year later, we begin doing it less and less. And I figure, well, that's normal. You know, the honeymoon phase is over. But we had a two-month period where we didn't do anything. Then when we did do something, he would be done in five minutes. First time or two, that was okay. But this lasted a year. Then we went to once a month, sometimes less because of this problem. We did it twice this whole summer. Now he's finishing in two minutes. And I can't even pretend that I don't care anymore because I just, I go to sleep. Then he uses his hands out, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so we communicated about this. He knows it frustrates me when he finishes fast. I know he cares. We do other things besides the usual. Okay, and I don't know what to do. Listen, That's what she said, you know. She what do you think? Completely misinterpreting. Here's what's happening. He is so attracted to her because she is so beautiful to him. <laughs> it's the that's ultimate right. compliment. And that's why he doesn't want to have sex with her because he doesn't want it to somehow wear off or whatever, you know. Yeah, so she's reading it all wrong. I mean, all wrong. There's two possibilities. Let me give you the two possibilities. Number 1, which I know is what you're going to choose, which is porn. Obviously. Usually this is different cuz usually porn means you can't finish or it takes you a long time to finish or you can't get hard. It just causes dysfunction in men. I'll just say women too. This is a new variation. Yeah, it's a variation, but... Option number two. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Could be. Interesting thing about this story. What throws it off because there's a red herring at the beginning, which is we started off as friends with benefits. They literally started off and the only relationship they had was in the bedroom. And now it's the worst part of the relationship. So she started off a relationship... Like an idiot. Friends with benefits is the worst variation of a relationship you can have. So what a surprise that a relationship started off unhealthy ends up unhealthy. The only reason she's like, but it started off with benefits. He must have lasted longer than five minutes, right? Because why was she doing the benefits thing? Yeah. Right? So right. as they've, here's what's interesting. I think as they've developed an emotional connection, the intimacy has decreased in value for her, right? He's like, oh, I can last if I dehumanize you, right? But as soon as I see you as a person, I can finish fast. The more I fall in love with you, the faster I finish. So there's a lot of weird mechanics going on here, but it starts off with like, listen, if you want to have a healthy relationship, maybe don't start off friends with benefits, right? She's like, I'm the one person who turned their situationship into a relationship. Yeah, it really sounds like she's winning here, like a real championship. Uh, you're 21. You have this whole. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, 60 years helping him. It's fine. Jump ship. Jump. Yeah, ship. that's right. Yeah, you're young. Like, well, she she wants to marry him. That's what she said. Yes. So, I mean, I, mean yeah. I think about marrying the girl that I did when I was 20, and like, it makes me so sad. Like, definitely not. Like, oh, you're right. Like, well, I could have seen doing it. I I was I, I could see doing it. I, you know, it could have worked. Depends, you know. It's, but this is an issue that requires a major fix, right? It's a big deal that requires. Now, this might be something that would lend itself to counseling, by the way. That's what I mean. Because this is a specific problem. Some outside force, whether it's a pornography addiction person or a counseling person, or there could be a medical issue that causes them to just finish super fast. I don't know if that exists, but it's a strange one. And it's also like, it's obvious. I mean, we slept, we slept together like every few months. Like that's really, it's funny how people get used to that really early. And like, you're 
20 and you're already putting up with that. Like there's a huge. Yeah, this is it's bad. You know, you should be somebody that uh, sustain the relationship and you do it every day or every other day. Yeah, 20 Not guys should be doing it like, way too much. Like people should be complaining. A couple times a day, that, maybe. Oh, yeah. we go months at a time. Like they're talking like people that are in their 60s. So, yeah. I had a girlfriend at a time when I was in my early 20s and um, I, I was having ED problems. And I remember she said, I, we were talking about how often you wanted to have sex. And she said, ideally, I would want to have sex at least once a day. And at that time, I thought, oh, God. Because <laughs> it was a, such a source of stress for me at the time. Yeah, I mean, so. now, we almost every day, and I, sometimes I'm like, this is, and again, <laughs> because I'm old, or the things I think I'm like, okay, but if we do that, then it's like there's cleanup and I have to take a shower afterwards and I start work later and it throws off my whole day. Like, it's like you just I think four or five times a week is uh, reasonable. It's like for people it. that are married. I mean, so it changes, but how about this one? Okay, my boyfriend flirted with someone in front of me and he tells me it's not wrong because he's a wingman. Okay, so here's what happens this girl's out with her boyfriend. What? Like, what was that? It's not wrong because what? It's not wrong because he's being a wingman. Here's what happened. Oh, okay. Guy's out with his best friend who's like struggling with women and his girlfriend. And the guy's like, the one friend is like, I don't know how to talk to girls. He goes, here's what you do. Watch this. He walks over to a girl and says, hey, how are you doing? He talks to her for five minutes and comes back. He goes, see, it's not that scary. And his girlfriend gets really upset by this and goes, how dare you? You just cheated on me, da, 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 and makes it into a huge thing. And she goes, how would you feel if I went and flirted with a guy? In front? And also, by the way, it didn't really sound like flirting to me. It sounded like an initial conversation. He's like, it doesn't have to be scary, Right. She's made into this really big deal. So do you think it's still a violation of your relationship to talk to another person, even in like a teaching environment? I think it's a dangerous place to put yourself in. You know, let's, let's say this. I remember, I think Rush Limbaugh, remember him? He used to have a thing. It was like a joke. He goes, I like, I, I can't remember it exactly, but a man that you, me, a man you would trust to be alone in a hotel room with your teenage daughter, something like that, he said. Well, <laughs> you don't want to put yourself in a position of, um, of being uh, basically just potentially straying and seduced by someone else. You just don't want to put yourself in that position. I, I wouldn't put myself in that position because, you know, it might, might develop feelings or sexual attraction for someone else. And I don't want to do that. And I know that could be, could happen. So I have to be ultra careful to guard my time and not, you know, be in that situation. So I, I say that is a real problem. Okay. It's interesting. So for me, as someone who was a dating coach for a long time, like this is what I did for a living. I would do this and say, listen, I'm going to talk to girls. It's a demonstration, but it doesn't mean anything because it's my job. Right. So I see it in that light, which is like he wasn't really flirting. He was showing his friend how to do something. She made it into a really big deal. Like she continued, mm -hmm. listen, we're fighting. Let's not keep like that. And she wants to continue the argument. She can go home. She wants to keep fighting. Like she's made it into a really big deal. I see what you mean. And he, yeah, like, it's not that big of a deal. But I don't, yeah. He goes, I, I understand you're She's like screaming. He goes, I understand you're upset. I just disagree. He, here's mm -hmm. the thing. Okay. okay. He did not like kiss the girl, get the girl's number, cross the flirt line. Like she's overreacting because. Yeah. But, but don't you think, okay, for, you were a dating coach, you were professional, you're highly paid, you know, all sorts of Whoa. things. But if it's a guy like an amateur, let's say. It doesn't sound like an amateur. Don't you think it's. It sounds like he's got the gift. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't I, it be likely though, that something's going to develop that's going to just, you know, going to cause him to, to cheat. 
I want he, to cheat. I don't think that. I think that what he's demonstrating, I actually like this. He's demonstrating to her that he's dangerous, which is, hey, if you lose interest okay, in me, back to I the beginning we talked away. about. Mm-hmm. That's an okay demonstration because I think that's kind of how I see it. And this is, again, my. Well, that's true. He's, that's true. He didn't, here's the thing. He did not do it behind her back. He didn't do it in secret. He didn't wait till she was in the bathroom. He didn't do it on night out when she wasn't there, right? He right. Did all of this right. in front of her, which is like, would you rather like to me, like there's not that sinister element of like, Oh, I yeah. went out with my friend and talked to women with him to help him meet girls. And I had to kiss a girl so that he could kiss his girl. Right. That's the thing that's bad. So that's kind of where I see it as like, well, he, if there was a malice in his heart, he would have done it behind her back not in front of her. Right. So unless he's being super tricky. Yeah. And let's, yeah, he's playing 40 chess. He's having like a three week fight with her. He's really winning. So yeah, and he's going to do it. And then she's going to say, okay. And then he's going to go, you know, it's going to go beyond a kiss, et cetera. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I still think it's, I wouldn't do it myself because I think it's a dangerous game to play when you're in a relationship, but I understand what you're saying and it makes sense. Yeah. So what you're saying makes you just, sense. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't go alone in a hotel room with my friend's teenage daughter either. That's what I was, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that he was not in this but a point. super bad situation, like where he was. I'm not even sure it was flirting. Cause he's you, you don't want to be, and I call it the path of temptation. So yeah. for me, that would be having a business lunch with a single, attractive single woman uh, by just me and her because we're talking about business. Like, I avoid it. I've yeah. done it, but I avoid it. Now, you know, my daughter, she thinks that's silly, you know, ridiculous. Like, you just have lunch with somebody. It's about business. But, you know, she's a girl. For me... What's that? Yeah, just wait until it happens. And then she's like, I realized. Yeah. The thing yeah. Until people... her husband or her boyfriend does it. Yeah. yeah people are always like, oh, <laughs> there's no, you know, either you're going to do it or you're not. It's like, listen, it's a lot easier to not steal money when someone doesn't leave a million dollars sitting on your desk. You know, When I mean? they leave the money, it's very unfair because it just arose. The more you. Temptation. Yeah. It's like the same thing. It's really. Just don't, don't put yourself in the path of temptation. You know, we don't need that. We don't need to be yeah. tested. It's a lot harder, well, you know, to be in, to stop, to not drink when someone's handing you a shot than when you're just not in your alcohol. Right. You know what I mean? So the more you push yourself against the limit, the harder it is to maintain. Same thing for me with food, right? Like I have, I have low control. Like I don't go downstairs when my kids are eating because I can't, I'm not very good with control. So I have to. Control when I quit myself. drinking, um, when I quit drinking, I never threw the bottles away or anything. I kept them. I didn't ever feel, I just felt like I'm always going to be around alcohol and I'll just, it's fine. I can get used to it. I don't mind people drinking. I'm just not drinking for a while. I always said it was first for a while. We'll see what happens. And that was like 20 something years ago. But I just kept the, I didn't bother me. I thought it was better to have the liquor around and not be all funny about it. Well, it depends if you have an addiction or something, right? Like this. Yeah. And it's right. Yeah, I've got one that I think is going to be right up your alley. This is okay. Last one, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Your husband won't get a vasectomy, and it's tearing us apart. So, I've been doing this path myself um, earlier in our marriage. I think vasectomies are very harmful to men. They're um, they do is they the the sperm get trapped, and then the body starts has to get rid of them because the sperm lasts about maybe three months, then they die. So the body has to get rid of them, and so it summons antibodies and these phages, these white blood cells, to gobble up the yeah, sperm and right. absorb them. And, and all of that creates antibodies to your own sperm, and you end up with a much higher likelihood of getting prostate cancer and other problems from it. So, it so I don't think a vasectomy like is a good idea. You're suggesting he should get gelded. <laughs> I don't think he should have a vasectomy. I think he should just wear condoms. If that resolves the problem, then there's no more... <laughs> 
Then you have no risk. Uh, unfortunately, there, there's two things you can do that are safe and that don't bother hurt anybody. One of them is wearing condoms. Now, well, one thing I want to mention, we that specifically. So this gets a little. What did she say? So they just had a baby. They only wanted one, but they ended up with twins. She nearly died during childbirth. She uh-huh. has major physical trauma because she has a lot of damage to her body, like her abdominal muscles. And then she has, she's in therapy for PTSD and something else. Like she's got a double whammy and like, she can't take the pill. Like she can't take hormonal birth control because she has a physical health issue. And because of the trauma from having the babies, she can't do one of those ones where they put something inside her. Right. And so even when she goes to the doctor, they give her lack, laughing gas and anxiety meds. So this lady has got a lot going on, right? Cause she just had the babies a few months ago. And here's what's interesting. Yeah, very much so. She got pregnant off of a broken condom. So Hmm. it sounds like they didn't want to have the kids at all, right? sounds like they were trying to... So that's why she doesn't trust condoms. Fair enough. He goes, she keeps going, listen, I don't want to have more kids because I have all these health issues. This birth almost killed me. I'm really sick, da-da-da-da. And he goes, I'll do it later, right? And then finally, recently, two days ago, he goes, I'm never going to do it, right? So he'd been... I don't think a broken condom is something that's... uh very common um they come off what you could do is here's a little tip for you it's called it stays on it's designed it's like a roll-on thing and you put a roll it on your your yeah, you male just, part you just and then you put, put the con- it's like glue. glue you put on a little wood glue. it's it's a, it's glue for the skin i mean it's it's safe and it keeps it on it doesn't come off when unless you just dump and that's what i would do just put on two condoms so if one so it, off the other it's, one stays it's just not. It's not a thing that's going to happen. It's stupid. Well, I, they they are are ineffective if they slip, but they don't just break often. Really, very rare, I would say. So, um, I think, and I think it's it's the best option. The other thing they can do is they can have intercourse when she's having a period, which is a little icky sometimes. The heavy flow day, but she's not going to get pregnant. Just, you know. So, yeah, I mean, her whole thing is well, we haven't. We've only been together once since we had the baby, and it was horrible. And um, this is really bad. And she's like, listen, we're never going to sleep. If you don't get a vasectomy, I'm never going to have sex with you ever again. Hmm. She's moved into a separate bedroom and he's trying to flirt with her and he's trying to rebuild intimacy with his wife. And she's pushing back hardcore. And she's like, it's his body. And this is funny. Now it started that, well, it's his body. I can't tell him what to do with his body. Right. It's turned into the abortion debate. (laughs) Turns out that I guess there's a backfire. Well, if she wanted to have a kid and he didn't want to, she could have it. And if he could do about it, and he'd have to support the kid too, if it's his. So. so she's she's saying, I don't know if I can stay with him because he doesn't care or appreciate my body or my mental state about bringing children. To the I church. think that her mental state is very bad because of having the kid. It made it worse. Doesn't it sound that way to you? This uh, postnatal craziness that a lot of women get when they have a baby. Okay, so I've dealt with postpartum, and I completely messed it up because I didn't deal with it correctly. I'll tell you that right now. It got really bad, like a really okay. big deal in our marriage, but she's got a whole barrage of things going here that are way, it's way more complicated because she's got multiple mental issues. She's like the thought of getting pregnant again makes my skin crawl. Listen, she never wanted to have a kid. Like let's cut to the real chase. They had a kid. Off That's right. She's first of all, she's like, I can't believe it was twins. And I only wanted one. Yeah, she got screwed. Condom, which means they didn't really want to have a kid. Like, you don't have a broken I mean, she's basically like, this is like the nightmare of her life, it seems like. And she's made it about, she doesn't want to get pregnant again. And it's like, which I get, okay? But she has to deal with a whole bunch of other 
things because there's a bunch of other things going on. Like she hates these kids. She's got postpartum. She's got some other stuff that I don't know what all of them are. She has a whole bunch of mental health issues. So they're talking, they're fighting about the wrong thing. Like, listen, after you have a baby, you don't have sex for a while. Okay. Because yeah. Yeah. She's got to get repaired. All of that. And you have, it takes time and you know, the baby's always there. Right. So. Right. Sounds to me like they're still, I don't, it sounds like they're in that first couple of weeks or months. So it's not like it's crazy. It might be okay. It might, it might be okay. It's not like the babies are two years old. So that's the difference here. So I think that, you know, but this idea, she's reacting to the idea of being pregnant again, the way I feel about like the aliens from alien. Like when you find out there's one inside of you, it's going to burst out your chest. Like that's how she's reacting. To yeah. so there's a lot going on here. I think that he has to. They got to do a therapy thing, right? Because this is a complicated issue. There's a lot of stuff, but she, yeah, the I agree with you. Is not vasectomy because you can still get pregnant off of vasectomy, and it's like there's still all these other things. The thought of being pregnant makes my skin go da 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 da. Like I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on here because yeah. it's going to dramatically affect the relationship between her and the kids because they're going to know mommy doesn't like them and mom wishes there was. So they actually have to deal with this. I think this is kind of a big deal that you have to deal with now because the postpartum. Yeah. For the kids, for the, for these little baby twins, Jonathan, we are out of time. I really appreciate, uh, always appreciate these questions and working with you. I want to mention you. um, We do this every week. So hit the like, please. And subscribe, leave a comment to tell YouTube how much you love our content Hit the bell, the little bell icon, so you'll get a notice. So if you're bored and then we're doing another one, you go, oh, good. I can watch or listen to that. And that would be fun. And uh, there's some other videos for you to, to watch that we've done that I think you'll enjoy. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much.